on this episode of Jeff Does Vegas. The engineers did an amazing job. They were so forward-thinking on everything that had to do with the dam. They figured this all out on slide rules. They didn't have computers. Everything was done by hand on graph paper. I mean, it's really incredible. They built this magnificent structure that is going to last who knows how many lifetimes. Las Vegas. It's more than just a city. It's a feeling. It's that feeling of excitement when you spot the lights of the strip out the airplane window. It's that feeling of awe as you stroll down the boulevard, taking in the sights and sounds. And it's that feeling of satisfaction knowing that you're in the greatest city in the world. Over 42 million people from around the world share that feeling every year. And I'm one of them. Taking you to the world-famous Vegas Strip and beyond, my name is Jeff, and this is Jeff Does Vegas. Hey there, and welcome to episode number 103 of Jeff Does Vegas. Before we get rolling for this episode of the podcast, I want to thank my guest from the last episode, Enoch Augustus Scott. Enoch is a longtime Vegas performer who currently stars as Xenoch, the host and MC of Zombie Burlesque at the V Theater in Planet Hollywood. In addition to Zombie Burlesque, we also talked about what got Enoch into the world of entertainment, his pandemic project, The Tiger Thing, and he shared what might be the most only in Vegas story ever. If you haven't listened as of yet, jump into the archives at jeffdoesvegas.com or search out episode number 102, my special guest, Enoch Augustus Scott, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, here we go. On to the show. This time around, we're going on a little road trip. We are headed about 45 minutes outside of Las Vegas. Roughly 35 miles southeast of the Strip, in Black Canyon, lies one of the greatest feats of engineering in the United States and possibly the world. I'm talking about Hoover Dam. Conceived in the mid-1920s, constructed in the late 1920s, and completed in the early 1930s, Hoover Dam serves a multitude of purposes, including flood mitigation and hydroelectric power generation. Present day, it plays host to several million tourists each year who come to marvel at this amazing structure and enjoy the recreational amenities surrounding the dam, including Lake Mead and the numerous hiking trails in the area. My guest for this episode of the podcast is Patty Aaron, Public Affairs Officer for the Bureau of Reclamation in the Lower Colorado Basin. Patty and I talked about the history of Hoover Dam, including its planning and construction, the controversy behind its name, some of the economic benefits of the building of Hoover Dam, and she shared some fun bits of trivia about the dam. Please enjoy my conversation with Patty Aaron and our podcast tour of Hoover Dam. Bureau of Reclamation is, uh, we're a small agency within the Department of the Interior. We're a federal agency. Um, We deliver water and produce power in the 17 Western states. And so Hoover Dam is our most iconic example of the work that we do. It's one of the most significant engineering achievements of our time. Um, Reclamation, uh, we work with 
Indian tribes, agriculture, municipalities, um, everything having to do with water and power, basically. So is it fair to say that you guys are the best dam agency in the U.S. government? Oh, absolutely, because it's important to work for reclamation and make damn jokes. I, I promise I will try not to make any more damn jokes. I, I just, I, the whole time I was researching this interview, there were two movie scenes that kept popping into my head. One of them was Beavis and Butthead do America, where he asks, is this a goddamn? And then the other one was um, National Lampoon's Vegas Vacation when they're touring Hoover Dam with the 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 Arnie, the guide. I'm your damn guide. Take all the damn pictures you want. Ask as many damn questions as you can. Um, I promise that I will try to make as few damn jokes as possible. <laughs> well, I hear them all the time, so you... It's just fine. <laughs> I'm I'm willing to bet there's not a damn joke I'm going to make that you haven't heard before. So uh, I appreciate That's your true. I, I appreciate your laughter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's start off a little bit about the history of Hoover Dam itself and the planning of the dam. What was the 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 original purpose for the dam and and why was this particular location chosen? The original purpose for the dam was actually flood control. The Colorado River, which is um, the lifeblood of the southwest United States, was is highly variable. It's very dry or very wet. And so um, different people were coming in. Back in those days, they called it reclamation. And that was going out and, quote, reclaiming lands. And so... Uh, settlers were coming out and starting agricultural projects and starting irrigation while the Colorado River would come down and flood and wipe out everything that they had. And so that was the original impetus for building the dam was flood control. And so the construction of a dam like this, I mean, it, it, it absolutely amazes me. You mentioned about it being such an engineering marvel and, and, and a wonder of the world in, in how it was built. Let's talk a little bit about the, the preparation and the process of the construction of the Hoover Dam. I can't even imagine at that point in history the, the amount of work that went into preparing the site for construction. It, it started with um, surveyors and engineers going out uh, along the Colorado River trying to find good sites for a dam. And that was all throughout the 1920s. Um, they, the Congress passed the Boulder Canyon Project Act in 1928, and that's what authorized the building of Boulder Dam, because at that point, they had decided on a location in Boulder Canyon, which is located outside of Las Vegas on the Colorado River. They ended up eventually choosing a different site in Black Canyon. So Boulder Dam is actually built in Black Canyon. There was no one entity that could do a project like this because nothing like this had ever been done in the United States and, and we think possibly the world. So six companies came together, one that was uh, an expert in tunnel drilling, others that were experts in cement and concrete and things like that. So they formed a coalition called the Six Companies. And they got the lowest bid and they came in pretty close to what the estimate was of what it was going to be. And so they got the job and they proceeded to get ready to build the dam. 
things like this was out in the middle of absolutely nowhere. And so they had to bring in, um, they built a rail line. There was a rail line that went through the Las Vegas Valley. Um, They built a rail line in the Las Vegas Valley that came all the way out. It's about 36 miles. And then they had to bring in power. The closest area that they could bring power from was San Bernardino. So they built power lines 221 miles long to bring power to the site. And so that's how they prepared to start the construction. And I mean, the challenges of undertaking a project like this present day, 21st century, 2022, would be absolutely incredible. So I can't even imagine um, what it would be like trying to do something like this in the late 20s, early 30s. The, the engineers did an amazing job. They were so forward thinking on everything that had to do with the dam. Um, and when you figure out, I mean, you're probably too young to even know what a slide rule is, but they figured this all out on slide rules. They didn't have computers. Everything was done by hand on graph paper. And it, I mean, it's really incredible. Um, they built this, this magnificent structure that is going to last who knows how many lifetimes. And so how many workers were involved in the actual construction of the dam? Well, we don't know what the actual total was. It was about um, 3,300 people, men for, per shift. But what would happen, and we think about 15,000 total, but what ended up happening was that they had crews going three crews a day and working 24 hours a day. And they worked seven days a week. So somebody would get tired of working or get paid and go out and get drunk or something and not come to work for a while and get fired. But they needed the worker. So the worker would come back and start working under a different name. <laughs> so they have a long list of names, but it isn't necessarily the exact number of people that worked on the dam. Right. And this was incredibly dangerous work. I mean, there was no OSHA, there was no occupational health and safety standards. There was no uh, workers' compensation board, nothing like that. I mean, these, I've seen photos of some of the work, construction work that was done in various places during that time period. And I mean, there was no, um, there was no tie lines. There was no secure straps. There, nothing like that. These were dudes hanging off of the side of rocks in canyons. Oh, it's frightening. I mean, they did have hard hats, but um, not the kind of hard hats we have today. But um, they did have hard hats. But no, they didn't. And they would um, they would put pieces of steel on the front of their boots because they didn't have steel-toed boots back then. And so they would make their own steel-toed boots. But yes, extremely dangerous work, very dangerous work. And just not the work itself, but the environment. It gets to be 120, 125, even 130 degrees out there in that canyon. I've been out there when it's that hot in the canyon, and it is brutal. And so, I mean, the length of time that it took them to to build the dam – Uh, start to finish. What was the timeline on that? It took four years from 1931 to 1935. It came in two years um, under its estimated time. And it also came in under budget. That is absolutely 
mind boggling to me. So I grew up in a city called Winnipeg in the province of Manitoba here in Canada. And we used to joke about being the pothole capital of the world. And they would do road resurfacing that I swear I haven't lived in Winnipeg for almost 20 years. And I swear to God, they are still resurfacing the same roads that they were working on when I lived there back 20 years ago. So <laughs> the fact that they were able to complete this massive feat of engineering and get it done in that short of a time span is both amazing to me and slightly frightening at the same time. It's it's really an amazing feat. And like I said earlier, they had they worked 24 hours a day, three crews going a day um, for four years. Just amazing. Um, so again, what year did the dam open up? 1935. It was dedicated on September 30th of 1935. And there was uh, some controversy involved in the actual naming of the dam. I mean, we, we've mentioned both Boulder Dam and Hoover Dam. And so it started off as Boulder Dam and then became Hoover Dam, or was it always sort of unofficially Hoover Dam? What was the 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 situation behind the naming of it? Um, it actually officially started as Hoover Dam. Herbert Hoover was president, and this was back in the, the late 20s. And the Secretary of the Interior, who was over the Bureau of Reclamation, named it Hoover Dam. So this is all political, of course, because it's all happening in Washington. Um, Franklin D. Roosevelt was elected. Hoover was a Republican. Um, FDR was a Democrat. So he had a new Secretary of the Interior under him who was a Democrat who decided that they weren't naming anything after Hoover. So they called it Boulder Dam because it was supposedly in Boulder Canyon and after the Boulder Canyon Act. So then after... Uh, Truman became president, and in 1947, the Congress passed it um, to rename it Hoover Dam. Now, being Canadian, I'm not all that familiar with my U.S. presidential history, but I can only assume that Truman was a Republican, same as Herbert Hoover was. He was a Republican, yes. Again, not all that familiar with U.S. history, but I, I completely understand how the political game works. <laughs> yes, yes. So the Republicans ended up winning this one. So it's been Hoover Dam ever since. Up next, Patty shares a few fun facts about Hoover Dam and its construction, and we talk about several of the ways this project helped the Nevada economy. That's coming up on Jeff Does Vegas. a little bit about some of the benefits of the dam and i mean not just the 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 obvious the geographical and and flood mitigation and such with the dam and mm -hmm. the hydroelectric but i mean this project created massive economical benefits at the time didn't it it did well it put it was during the um depression so it put tremendous amount of people to work um not just on the dam site itself but like building the railroad um, Las Vegas started to grow as a result. Um, Boulder City was created as the, the federal town um, to house the people that were building Hoover Dam. By putting the dam in and being able to save agriculture from being swept away in the floods was really important. Um, this provided the opportunity to build irrigation projects, big 
large-scale irrigation projects. Um, the different cities that started to grow up as, as a result of having water available that hadn't been available before. So I don't know the numbers, but there was certainly a great economic benefit. And I mean, even to this day, Boulder City is is a a fun little tourist destination. There's lots of things to see there, and they've got a a pretty good little population there as well. It does. It does. Um, it was it was a federal town until 1959, and Reclamation turned it over to the new city of Boulder City that was created. And um, a little fun fact is it is the only town in the state of Nevada that doesn't allow gambling because it was a federal town. So there are casinos right outside of the city limits on both sides, but no gambling in Boulder City. Interesting. I I did not know that. Um, Let's talk a little bit about Hoover Dam today, present day Hoover Dam. Um, in addition to still serving the the purpose of flood mitigation as it was originally built for, it now does uh, other things, including um, hydroelectric power generation, correct? We do. The act that authorized it, those um, priorities actually haven't changed and power, there were five priorities, and power is actually the lowest priority. But yes, it's definitely one of the most important things. Our water delivery and power generation are the two important things that we do today. And water storage, because as you know, we're experiencing, we're now going into our 23rd year of drought here in the Colorado River Basin. And Lake Mead, which is impounded by Hoover Dam, is the largest reservoir in the United States. And um, had it not been for Hoover Dam and then Glen Canyon Dam upstream, um, we wouldn't have water to deliver today. I'm glad that you brought up, you mentioned um, water storage, water delivery, something that I've really noticed in the last few years of visiting Vegas. And and I mean, even uh, looking back at photos that I took five years ago compared to photos from now, you can really see the how much the water level in Lake Mead has dropped over the last few years. It, it's kind of bizarre and a little bit frightening to see, isn't it? It, it can be alarming. Yes. It's, it's, um, we haven't reached critical levels yet. Um, and we certainly are working to not hit those critical levels, but it is alarming to see how far down um, Lake Mead is 36% of capacity right now, 36% full. And so getting back to the the power generation, how much power does Hoover Dam generate, say, in a year? And and where is that electricity used? Is it mostly used in the state of Nevada and state of Arizona, or is it shipped out elsewhere? Um, 55% of the power goes to California, 20% goes to Arizona, and 25% goes to Nevada, mostly to the Las Vegas area, but it, throughout the state as well. And we can produce 2,074 megawatts of power at Hoover Dam if it's running full out, which we generally don't do. Right, right. Um, So I do want to talk about the tourism at the dam. I've mentioned visiting the dam on several occasions, and it really is a great little escape. I mean, it's only, what, a 45-minute drive from Las Vegas, so it's, it's really not all that far to go. Yeah, it's 45 minutes from Las Vegas. Well, an hour, depending on if you're on the north end of the Strip, it'll take you an hour. If you're on the south end of the Strip, it'll take you about 45 minutes. 
And so how many visitors does Hoover Dam see in an average year? Seven million. Wow, that's crazy. I had no idea it was that many. Um, And something that I don't think a lot of people realize as well is, I mean, there's more to see than just the dam itself in that there's, there's a lot in the surrounding area. I mean, you've got Lake Mead, you've got boating and recreation there. You've got a lot of hiking. Uh, You've got a, a lot of stuff happening around the dam. There is. Um, And one of the fun hiking trails is uh, I've talked about that railway that they built from Las Vegas out to build the dam. Well, they transformed that um, that corridor into a hiking trail. So you can hike and go through a railroad tunnel and get out to the dam by hiking, which is kind of fun, too. But, yes, certainly um, Lake Mead is a tremendous uh, area for recreation as a result of the dam. Something I always enjoy whenever I'm on a, a tour, whether it's of Hoover Dam or, or anything similar to that, are some of the little fun little facts and bits of trivia that um, the tour guides will, will throw out to people on the tour. Uh, Patty, do you have any of those that you can, you can just kind of share with us? Um, let me think. The dam was built in blocks, in essence. And if you look, and but they don't know because the original plans have been lost. And so they don't know exactly how many of those blocks are in there. If you look at the face of the dam, they've counted 900 blocks, but they estimate that there are about 9,000 blocks of cement. And each of those blocks is about the size of one, what one cement truck today would be able to dump into a block. So they think about 9,000 of those. The construction of the dam, because it was all going to be cement, it the way that it's built, it's sort of hard to describe without being able to see. But the very top from the front of the dam to the back of the dam is 35 feet across. And then it swoops down into a curve. And at the very bottom, it's 660 feet from front to back. And that's part of what provides this amazing stability because there was going to be so much cement because there's no like steel or anything in the dam. It's all cement. It would take hundreds of years for it to cure. So they ran uh, a refrigeration system of pipes in between each of those blocks. They built a 22 story refrigeration um, station down at the foot of the uh, construction site to be able to, do this whole thing. And then once those pipes, once everything had cooled, then they put grouting in somehow through all of those pipes. I don't know how. And then Davis Dam, which was going to be built about 40 miles down river, they just took all those pieces and took it down to build the next dam down river. They tried to recycle as much as they could. And they also took a lot up to build um, Shasta Dam up in Northern California that have been used to build Hoover Dam. Again, you know, this, this absolutely fascinates me when I, I, when you talk about the, the technology and the ingenuity that was used to, to build this in the late twenties, early thirties, when I, I drive out here and highway construction that is flat on the ground, just putting down concrete and pavement that, that goes on for, for years and seems way less complicated than building this, this massive dam. And, and one thing that we haven't, we haven't touched on is the artistry of it as well. 
They did all of the interior and in art deco and the exterior in art deco. Um, there are uh, all the floors are um, inlaid terrazzo marble. Everything we have is still original. The brass elevator doors. Um, there are little cactus and tortoise heads. And I mean, just these, this attention to detail was so incredible. And we've maintained it for all these years. And it's just beautiful. It's, it's just a beautiful facility. It really is. And I'm glad that you, uh, you brought all this up because my very first ever visit to Hoover Dam, which I want to say was in maybe 2010, 2011, somewhere around there. Um, I was lucky enough to be able to do one of the dam tours and the power plant tours. So we were able to actually go down inside the dam and see, um, all of what you're mentioning, the the marble and the the terrazzo floors and and the the art deco decorating and and it was incredible to see how much effort went into this. When, as you say, on the outside, it's just this big giant concrete structure, and, and you don't really expect all of that to be in there. Mm-hmm. And the intake towers are a a nod to. Um the Art Deco style there. Um, I'm sure you saw when you were inside in those terrazzo floors um, as a, as a nod to the Paiute Indians that um, were the native Americans in this area. Uh, all of these designs have a native American design, but they look like water features or power features. And so there was a nice combination of that kind of thing. And there was just so much thought and so much beauty put into it. Yeah. It's just, it's amazing. Um, Patty, you're going to play Mythbuster for me for one moment here. There <laughs> is a myth that the bodies of construction workers who were killed during the building of the dam were buried in the concrete because they couldn't get the bodies out. Truth or fiction? I am going to bust that fiction. There are no bodies buried in the dam. On one of the power plants, though, someone did get stuck in cement and ended up dying. And it took them three days to exhume his body from the cement. So one person did get killed by cement, but he's not there. We did have 96 people die during the course of construction, um, but no one is buried in the dam. I would only, I could only imagine, I would think that, I mean, this is so morbid and weird to think of, but to have a a body buried in cement, I mean, that, first of all, awful, if that was a thing. Secondly, the structural integrity of the dam would be affected, would it not? (laughs) I'm not an engineer, I don't know, but it doesn't seem like it would be a good thing. (laughs) Um, Patty, let's talk a little bit just about visiting Hoover Dam and going to the dam itself. Um, As we mentioned, it's not that far from Vegas. On average, you're only about a 45-minute drive away. There's lots of tours that go out to the dam and such. Um, If people do want to go see the dam, can you give us a little bit of information about uh, hours and admission prices, things like that? Well, right now, um, you can go out to the dam anytime during the sunlight hours. Um, we have a, it's a national critical infrastructure. And so we have a security checkpoint that you have to go through. No weapons are allowed because it's federal property. Right now, we are not running the tours that you mentioned, unfortunately, due to COVID. 
uh, we're hoping as soon as the numbers decrease that we would be able to go back to offering tours. But right now we have our visitor center open. And um, so for $10, people can go in the visitor center and then also go into the old exhibit building. And so there are two places that folks can go with a $10 ticket, but then anybody can go on the top of the dam. It doesn't, it doesn't cost anything to visit the dam and walk along the top of the dam. Can you still drive along the top of the dam? You can. Um, it used to be the highway, but after 9-11, they shut that down and um, built a big bridge that's now in front of the dam. And that opened in 2010. And I very much recommend people do park and and do the walk across the bridge because, again, to get an idea of the the scope and the scale of the dam to stand on that bridge. First of all, if you're scared of heights, don't do it. Uh, True. <laughs> if it's really windy, hold on to your camera very, very tight. Um, but it's again, to walk out on that bridge and be able to see the entire Canyon and the dam is, is really just incredible. It is. And it's um, just the bridge itself is sort of magnificent. It's um, the largest single arch bridge in the United States. So if you like things like that, it's another cool aspect to look at when you're out there. Excellent. Patty, if uh, people want to get more information about Hoover Dam and visiting the dam, um, I assume you guys have a website that people can go and check out and get all of that info. There is a website. The easiest way to get to it is just to Google Hoover Dam. And the, t the first thing that comes up is Hoover Dam Bureau of Reclamation. And that's our website, our most current website. Perfect. Patty, I really appreciate this. This has been a lot of fun. And we made it the whole time. I didn't even make any damn jokes. Uh, <laughs> your self-control was admirable. Uh, I'll finish it by saying this is one of the best damn interviews I've ever done. How about that? And, you know, and I have to agree. Thank you so much. You're just a joy to be with. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Patty. Take care. Once again, if you want to learn more about Hoover Dam or plan your trip to the dam, you can visit them online at the Bureau of Reclamation's website at usbr.gov slash lc slash Hoover Dam. You can also find Hoover Dam on Facebook at the Hoover Dam. Of course, all these links are available in the show notes at jeffdoesvegas.com. And that wraps up another episode of Jeff Does Vegas. If you've got feedback on this episode of the show, or any other episode for that matter, or you've got suggestions and ideas for topics you'd like me to cover on the podcast, please feel free to reach out to me via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Jeff Does Vegas. Or drop me an email directly at Jeff at JeffDoesVegas.com. In the meantime, thank you so much for checking out the show. Be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts so you'll know the moment new episodes are available. And don't forget to visit JeffDoesVegas.com for past episodes and show notes. My name is Jeff, and this has been Jeff Does Vegas, a Walker New Media production. Walker New Media.